Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Xochitl Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello, and welcome back to the Work Miha podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sofia Zarate. Sofia is a first-generation Mexican-American who was born and raised in a Texas border town called Laredo. She moved to New York City in 2016 while she was a sophomore in college. Since graduating, she has attained professional experience in accounting, finance, human resources, and social media. Many of you may come to know her from her infamously hilarious TikToks at Corporate Pero Latina, where she has shared her journey of leaving her secure but soul-sucking job in finance to put her mental health first. While creating relatable content for TikTok, Sofia was building a community for New York corporate Latinas and Latinos, and most recently, she founded the nonprofit organization known as Corporate Pero Latinos. I am so excited to have her here on the podcast today as I've been following, liking, and just enjoying watching this very relatable journey. So thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, welcome, Sophia. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for that fluffed up intro. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> we are muy fancy, muy fancy here. You know, we gotta, we gotta, it's hard yeah. for us to talk ourselves up. Um, you know, if only we can see ourselves the way other people see us, right? That's the hard part. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm excited to have Sophia here. And for anyone new here, how we like to do on the Work Me Hub podcast, and for all my Latinas who were Walter Mercado fans, we like to get to know our guests astrologically. So just kind of learn a little bit more about their makeup. So Sophia was kind enough to share with us. Did you already know these, or do you have to like look this up? So I knew for sure that I am a Gemini. Um, I have friends who are very into astrology and I'm sure they've told me before, you know, like my rising sign and everything, but I always forget. And so I didn't really remember until you asked me and I like went to that website that you sent nice. me to. So yeah, I, I wasn't really aware of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Awesome. So yes, actually I forgot what TikTok I learned that you were Gemini. I was like, of course she's a Gemini. Of course she's a Gemini. Same. <laughs> a lot of people say that it's weird because like, um, and I'm by a lot of people, I mean like other content creators that, you know, we get along and then I post something talking about how I'm a Gemini and they're like, Oh, that makes so much sense now. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. I mean, Gemini, no Gemini. Um, I feel like that's the one astrological sign where there's like a flock of Geminis. But <laughs> Sophia is a Gemini sun. So that is our sun sign is our birthday. And so most of us know this. So Geminis are known to be chatty, quick witted, outgoing, inquisitive and very adaptable people. Now, for your moon sign, which rules your body and your emotions, which is interesting, kind of relatable, but almost the opposite, Virgo moon. So our Virgo moons, these people love that attention to detail, the precision. They can be very humble and moderate, calm and reserved, a little bit opposite of the Gemini. But what I love about the Virgo placements, they're both ruled by the planet of communication, Mercury, but Virgo is just that more 
focus Gemini. So I feel like they just, you know, you keep you, it keeps you in check. <laughs> and then we have the rising sign. So this is kind of what you can come across as this is your motivation for life. So she is a Libra rising. These are very exceptionally pleasant people. They have that particularly little charming smile, a gentle approach with others. <laughs> We love it, but I love getting to know a lot of creatives, entrepreneurs, astrologically, because I feel like a lot of their decisions kind of start to make sense. You're like, ah, I see where the Virgo moon did that. Ah, that's the Gemini in you. So that's so interesting. Let me know. Oh, I will. I will. I love pinpointing it out. But... Let's get to know Sophia a little bit more about her journey. So, Sophia, can you tell me a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what was that trajectory that kind of led you into a career of, is it accounting, finance, is it the same thing, is it different? Let me know. Um, so, uh, it's different. Um, I do have experience in both, so I'll kind of explain a little bit once I get into it. Um, but like you said, I am a Mexican-American, uh, grew up in Laredo, Texas, but I did spend quite some time when I was very little going back and forth between Jalisco and Texas. Uh, Jalisco is where my mom's side of the family resides until I was about nine. And then I basically just settled down um, with my dad in Texas. And that's where I continued <laughs> um, growing up, right? Like my upbringing um, I think the the main thing that drove me to deciding to major in accounting, so I have a degree in accounting, um, was just what I saw growing up. You know, I think I am a child of divorce, so I grew up seeing two very extreme opposites in terms of um, the relationship that each one of my parents had with money. So on my mom's end, you know, I very much learned the whole treat yourself mentality, uh, whether you have money or not. Um, so my mom is a type of person that has always been in debt because she was never really taught how to manage her finances. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, you know, we saw a lot of that where she would be like, it's okay, like, you know, you you really want it so it's worth it like getting into debt or something to buy it right mm-hmm. and then on the other end my dad was someone who came to the united states as an immigrant and uh worked very hard to i guess work his way up to become someone who was uh his definition of successful mm-hmm. um so you know he i would say he's like pretty well off now And um, growing up, he did struggle financially at times, but it wasn't like he didn't have, you know, um, what do you call it? Disposable income. So whenever he did, I saw a very frugal side of him. Um, Like he was scared that if he spent money, he would just, I guess, lose control or like... um, uh, like end up in a situation where he's like, oh, I should have, I shouldn't have spent that mm-hmm. money because now, you know, I'm stuck here or whatever. Um, so seeing those two sides and also seeing both of them struggle financially at different times, 
I was just like, I never want to be in that situation as an adult. I want to have that peace of mind where like, no matter what, I'll always have some disposable income. And I know that my bills are always going to be paid. And, you know, if I choose to have kids at some point, they won't see me uh, struggling and like trying to make ends meet. Right. Um, so when I was trying to decide my major in college, my advisor basically told me, you never hear of a struggling accountant. Yeah. And that like really stuck with me because <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'll do something in business. But when he said that, um, I was just like, okay, yeah, if I do accounting, it's easy to uh, transition into a career in finance or marketing or administration um, because of how well-rounded accounting is. But if I do marketing, I couldn't transition into accounting if I wanted to. Um, it's like very specific skill sets and stuff. So I just saw a lot of potential in terms of um, financial prosperity, <laughs> I guess, and um, prestige in that field. So that's basically why I picked it. It just made sense. That's so funny. My other Virgo moon, who I had here on the podcast, um, actually my cousin, Liz Burkenna, she's a video editor and, you know, also someone who kind of comes from parents, you know, of immigrants. Um, and it, they're very specific about why it's like, okay, there's business, there's the arts, but she specifically chose video mm -hmm. editing because of, you know, the financial opportunities there. It's definitely one of those where it's like, okay, I choose marketing, but it's like, no, I don't want to struggle. So that's so funny how that placement's very direct about, you know, <laughs> like this is what yeah. this is the trajectory that we're going to do. And so when kind of going into finance, going into accounting, kind of being like, all right, this is like the solution. This is the answer. This is going to, you know, solve maybe X, Y, Z what at what point and like what made you realize in that career like okay this is not it like what what was that moment so I think when I was in college I was very good at accounting um I was that type of student that would like ruin the curve <laughs> so I I thought like oh, I'm going to love my job. You know, once I, once I um, finish school, my goal was to start my career at a big four accounting firm. Um, if you don't know uh, what big four accounting firms are, they're just basically these like prestigious accounting, uh, public accounting firms that are known for being like really hard to get into. Um, and once you have that on your resume, you have so many doors open for you. So I was like, I want to start in one of those so that my career is set. Um, so in college, I was like, okay, this is great. And then I ended up getting an internship at one of the big four accounting firms. And I think during the internship, I was like, um, okay, like the work doesn't seem that interesting in real life, but, um, I, so as an intern, they like really give you a lot of perks mm. and you have a lot of fun and they kind of really sell you on the idea of, you know, basically corporate America. 
so I was like, this is great. I was making so much money as an intern and just like, okay, let's go out, like going shopping, taking my siblings out to dinner. Uh, so I was like, yes, like this is it. Um, but I think once I, uh, I started my full-time job with them, I kid you not, I think the first week on the job, I, I was trying to convince myself and tell myself that I enjoyed it and like I found the work so interesting. And I think I, I, I always found the work to be really interesting to talk about. You know, like, oh, I work in this because it sounds so cool. Uh, I was in consulting for like mergers and acquisitions and stuff. Um, but the day-to-day, I was like... I'm just not excited about it. Uh, and I remember just like being on the job, like my first few weeks and being like, is this really it? Like, this was my dream. <laughs> and now I have to do this for like 40 plus years or something. Yeah, I, it just really hit me where I was like, oh no, like I might uh, make a lot of money eventually But looking at, you know, the directors or the partners, they just had no life. Like, work was their life. And many of them, like, didn't have a family because they were just married to their job. Or if they did, they were, like, never around. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) What did I get myself into? Um, Yeah, but I think I was sticking it out because... um, So I've talked about this on my own podcast where... Um, I believe in the sunk cost fallacy, right? And that's the idea that like a theory or an idea, I don't know, um, that, you know, you think about all the time and resources that you've spent on getting to a certain point or getting something or, you know, um, that you feel like if you quit, then all those resources were wasted resources, Um, So kind of like you're too far in and this happens in relationships and everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I've spent so much time with this person. I've spent so much time getting this degree. And now to me, it was always like, now I'm in so much debt. I better stay in this job and make a lot of money. Um, So for a long time, that was like my thought process. And I was like, ni modo, like now I got to make this work, you know, because like what else am I supposed to do? So... It wasn't until the pandemic that I did a lot of like deep digging into like, okay, what do I really want to do? Uh, What do I look for in my friendships, relationships, like everything, right? Like, who am I really? And I just realized like I wasn't happy doing that. And I couldn't see myself there in the future at this firm, at least. So I was like, yeah, I don't think this is it. And I started interviewing. um, But at that point, I was just trying to transition from a more accounting focused job to a more finance focused job. Um, So when I transitioned into a finance job, uh, that transition was planned. Um, And I became a financial analyst. But then that was the worst experience I've had in terms of jobs. Um, And I don't know, I was very, very disheartened with just the accounting and finance industry as a whole. And I think even just corporate America in general, 
um, that that's when I know, you know, you've kept up with some of my TikToks and <laughs> my journey. Uh, that's when I kind of went a little wild and was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I quit without a backup plan. You went rogue. So <laughs> she said, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. People were like, girl, what? <laughs> oh, shit. So no backup plan. All right. So here's where I saw the Virgo moon was leading. We got to do this. We got to make it work. But you know what? Listen to that Gemini sun. A little existential crisis. I feel like that's like a very common occurrence. So thank God for that. <laughs> And like, yeah. you know what? this doesn't make you happy. And I feel like it is more draining to do something to like, almost it's like to be something, pretend to be something that you're not, you know, and especially Definitely. when it doesn't suit your personality, you know, like that is just, that is soul sucking. That is, that takes so much away from you, the burnout and everything. So when you decided, you know what, this is not it. And I'm just going to figure this out I'm gonna go rogue and what was even talking yourself into that being like f it we're done we're gonna figure it out um uh, that's it's a it's a hard question and it's not because I know the moment that I decided it but it was it was a bunch of little things that added up to me being like okay I think I have to do this um I had my finance job and I had been working really long hours and I just felt like I I was blind, you know, uh, expected to learn and take on like a whole department and stuff without really having the guidance. And I was like, I would panic every month. In finance, you do um, month and close. And so every time that came up, I would panic every day. Like I would wake up and be like, what am I going to mess up today? Or like, what sarcastic comment am I going to get from my manager? Or, you know, like, um, so the last one that I did, uh, I cried uh, when I tried to be open with my manager and basically voice that like, okay, I understand I'm still making mistakes here and there, blah, 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 but um, you know, I do see progress every month and, you know, hopefully next month is even better. And, you know, I was very like positive and she basically said, well, if I can manage this, this, and this department, I expect you to be able to do this one department. Um, so long story short, <laughs> I cried and, I spoke to, you know, my siblings, my closest friends, and they were all kinds of concerns. Like, it was very clear to them that I was very unhappy in that role. And um, I always go to my siblings for, like, the last say, I guess, because they know me better than anyone. Uh, and I remember my brother being like, who cares? Like, you just have to quit and you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. He's like, maybe you have to quit to, like, force you, you know, um, to have that push to figure out, like, okay, what to do. Um, but I think the last uh, thing that really gave me the courage to do it, and I don't think he knows this, but um, I spoke to my dad. And this is when I had already started content creation, and I was getting, like, a few, like, brand partnerships here and there. 
And I had told my dad, like, I think I want, I would like to do this full time if it, you know, if I was able to, and I was like, I'm going to try, blah, 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 blah. And he was like really supportive. And then when I cried also to him over this job and was like so miserable, he was like, well, maybe you just have to quit. And like, and he was also like, you'll figure it out. And for my dad to say that, it meant a lot because he's the stereotypical Latino dad that's like, oh, he was always like, you got to be in finance. You got to be in finance. That's where the money's at. So for him to show that kind of support, I was like, okay. And I know he was like really scared and worried for me, especially, you know, thinking that I might regret it after and then like not be able to get back into it or something. Um, but yeah, so I just did it. And I remember like, I posted about it on TikTok. It was like some trend, you know, but I was just like, oh, like I just quit my job without a backup plan. And I was freaking out, but I started getting so many comments. And you know how on TikTok it's like, it can go one or the other way where like you get really mean comments or really positive yeah. ones. Uh, and most of them were just like, oh, you're, you're so brave. Like, I wish I had the guts to do this. Or like, girl, like, you're going to be fine. Like, don't worry. Like, very, um, I received a lot of support from basically, like, strangers. But I remember this one comment that I got from, like, an older man that was like, I wish I would have taken a risk like this in my 20s. Um, but now I have a family that depends on me and it's too late. So he was like, good luck, whatever. And like, to this day, I remember that comment because I was like, yeah, like, no matter how scary it is or whatever, like, this is the decade, I guess, where I should be taking these risks. Yeah, now is the time, you know, and what's the worst mm-hmm. that can happen? You have to go back to work. You have to find another job. You have to find a part-time job. Yeah. And that's why, like, I wonder, because I feel like that that is probably one of the biggest things like had your dad not said it's okay like do you think that would I feel like that was kind of a defining thing because I feel like a lot of the times especially yeah with your parents they make it makes a difference and also maybe it would have made a difference if like your mom said it versus your impulsive mother versus you know like your your kind of like right. father but and also therapy and parents stuff that probably that's a thing but you know I feel like that support because yeah he probably is freaking out but what your parents say does make a difference and whether mm-hmm. it's like okay say it support me and then go freak out on your own I don't need to see that you know <laughs> right exactly yeah I think that's something that a lot of parents don't understand mm-hmm. so <laughs> I think that was a huge contributing factor and then also you mentioned like in some of your TikToks um you know conversations like with your therapist which you know I can only imagine having a therapist during this time of your life can be helpful especially especially as not only a Latina, but a first gen Latina, just kind of getting to that. But many of the things you're going through and a lot of things, maybe your parents aren't able to identify with as a much, you know? So a big part of leaving your job in finance was for your mental health, which yes, because that just sounds not supportive, very toxic. Like a lot of people (laughs) think like, that's just how it is. I just have to take it. I just have to deal with it. And the, maybe the more you're in it, you kind of get programmed. It's like, do I want to be that manager, that person? But 
what do you feel like maybe your therapist has helped you like overcome or understand about yourself throughout this journey like was there something specific that was like oh that's like an aha moment where it's like oh damn like that had i not maybe had some of these conversations would that have helped me even more yeah there were a few things that so it's funny because i only had a therapist um during my time at that finance job because it was part of the benefits Mm. Um, so it was, uh, so they would pay the therapist and we got like 25 sessions or something like that. So I had several sessions with this therapist. And one of the things that she would ask me to do sometimes is like, okay, at some point throughout the day, like schedule some time to just feel your feelings. And I think that was like a big part of, um, me learning to to reason with my feelings rather than my head um, because I've always been the type to be like, go, go, go. Um, and at that time, I was so busy with work and with like things that I was trying to do on the side, right? With like content creation and I had started um, uh, the corporate pero Latinos and stuff. So I never gave myself time to think Uh, And that was a time when I was going through a lot of loss um, in so many different areas, like uh, family-wise, friendship-wise, romantically, all at once. And uh, so she helped me, like, navigate that. But when I would have conversations with her, that's when I realized how disconnected I felt from my culture and how being in the industry that I was or in that specific environment um, was in a way I thought forcing me to assimilate a lot and lose touch with who I really was. So I had like basically two different identities. Um, And it was, you know, it's just like that whole processing that adds on to like, do I like doing what I'm doing? Plus like, oh, I'm also losing a part of myself. (laughs) Um, And towards the end, I think she was also a factor in me being like, okay, yeah, I got to go. Because I would tell her, okay, yeah, I was open to my manager and this happened, so it didn't help. And, And she would make me like think about, well, maybe this isn't the right job for me or the right company or... Um, and she was very, like, she was very open to, to getting me to think about the possibility of leaving that job. Um, and I thought that was, that, like, helped a lot because she knew that if I left that job, it's like, okay, I'm losing that patient technically, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not going to get paid for that. Um, so she, w- I knew she was like doing her job. And so that whole thought process that she helped me navigate um, worked a lot. I feel like maybe if I wasn't in therapy during those months, I wouldn't have done the work to like know who I was and what I liked and what I wanted in the future. 
Um, so I would have probably just pushed through. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I love the therapist who, you know, mm-hmm. tells you to quit your, just do it, just do it, just quit it. <laughs> who encourages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was very supportive when, and when I told her she was happy for yeah. me. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, that feels like yeah. a very same experience. Also feel your feelings. Gemini's is like, am I just a busy Gemini with a lot of, a lot of, hobbies or do I just do all the things to try and avoid my feelings exactly yeah 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 and I think it's a little bit of both right depending on like the faces of your life Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I have to send you our being a little dramatica is good for the soul cafecito mug because yes it's called Mm -hmm. expressing yourself taking the time letting it out instead of holding it in but yeah also doing the work to realize who you are because it can easily just kind of be brainwashed to think it's like no it's you it's not the job it's you it's not the environment it's right. you. you imagine had you not kind of had that um what you know what you we probably would not be having this conversation probably <laughs> or just a lot of inspo for like your tiktoks in general the corporates you know latina mm-hmm. the corporates you know corporate latina baddie um but while you're kind of like going through all this you're posting these relatable tiktok videos and while you're doing this you're creating a community of corporate latinas and latinos on facebook and with even you know in-person gatherings as the world is kind of like opening up again like can you tell me more about that like how did that start and how has that evolved yeah i think this was um in a way me trying to save my idea of what my finance career would be like um by finding community outside of the workplace. So I was like, maybe if I find that uh, I can deal with, you know, corporate America. Well, like, how many like, <laughs> um, would you say at your job did right. you see? So exactly, especially in consulting and finance, you don't see many. So I was like, yeah, that'll be like my support system. So I posted a TikTok video um, over a year ago now uh, basically looking for friendship. But I said, if you are a Latina living in New York City who works in corporate and would be open to meeting up, um, let me know because I would love to set that up and form this little community. That's what I called it, I think, this little community. <laughs> and the... The amount of, like, responses that I got was crazy. So the video went viral. Not, like, extremely viral, but, you know, viral enough um, to many people. Yeah. And and so I created a Facebook group. And at first it was just Latinas. Um, And in the first week, there were, like, over 200 of them in the Facebook group. And I was like, oh, shit okay, (laughs) I was like, this is cool, but also, like, I don't know how to go about this, you know, because, yeah, because I'm like, how do I plan a happy hour with, like, so many people, so at first, um, we had, like, a a Zoom call to kind of get to know each other, it was, I don't know, maybe, like, 20 of us, and it was really nice, you know, we we were basically bonding over um, our experiences in corporate and how, we all struggle because we don't see enough representation and blah, blah, blah. And then I planned a meetup sometime 
in December or January. Um, and it was about 10 girls that showed up. Uh, we had, it was a happy hour and then we did karaoke and it was like a very, um, chill, like, uh, it felt natural, you know, like a natural hangout. Um, and of course I posted about it and then that video went viral and more people were like, oh my God, like I want to join, I want to join. And then more people joined the Facebook group and it just started growing. And at first it was pretty easy to manage because I was like, I always knew like, okay, not many people will show up, right? Because it was also when, um, like, life was starting to, like, open up again. So not many people were willing to go out yet and stuff. So it was always around, like, 15 people that would show up. I hosted a few meetups. And then all of a sudden, there was this one um, event that we hosted at one of the girls' companies, um, like on a floor that they had and it was like 30 40 girls that were there at once and it just sometimes I would just like step back and watch and like watch all the the interactions happening and then I I started noticing how like some of these girls were like starting to get really close and form like really um, genuine friendships Um, some of them were like helping each other out with like career advice and everything. So I was like, oh shit, okay, this is more than just like, you know, a few girls hanging out, um, for support. So I think that's when I decided, uh, to, I wanted to create the same type of safe space, um, for Latino men. And I didn't know if it would work because it would be, you know, like a woman uh, trying to promote it or like trying to get them to join. So it's kind of it was kind of difficult at first, but I created a Facebook group for them and a few of them joined. At first, it was like very few of them that were interested, but all of a sudden, like it started growing. And so then we had two different groups. Right. And then I was like, okay, let's plan some like co-ed events. And it just it just became like a a big community in New York City. And it started growing and growing more, even from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were a lot of times where like, I would meet people and like, they had no idea who I was. And I'm like, okay, great. That's, that's fine. (laughs) It just means that someone else like told you about Mm -hmm. the community and like brought you in. Um, So yeah, it's, um, I think at some point it grew so much that a lot of people basically sat me down and were like, you got to realize like what you have here and you can do a lot more with this. Um, yeah. And that's how corporate Pero Latinos was born. Yeah. That's (laughs) wild, but also amazing because especially in a city like New York city where like you guys probably like bonded about similarities, but it's like almost like bonding, whether it's like first gen, second gen, you know, going and leaving wherever you're coming mm-hmm. from to New York city where you know, no one, but then even, I feel like this is like a whole nother conversation is like, how do you even get into the careers that you're into? Because that's, you know, one of the things it's networking. It's not what, you know, a lot of times it's who, mm-hmm. you know, 
I feel like that is a whole other conversation. But like you said, you know, girls are talking to like other ones and how they like get the word out because that's that can be like the hard part. I feel like especially like maybe for like millennials, we don't have that parent who knows a friend who knows a friend who can be like, yeah, hook her up. She's got mm-hmm. a fine. No, no offense to my you know fine arts people, but you know they have a fine arts background. <laughs> but yeah, go into accounting, you know, whatever, because you know somebody or whatever. Right. That can be the story. So yeah, this is going to be big. This is going to be major. You know. This is going to be, like, a great hub, I feel like, especially when, like, you know, people come from other cities to New York to start their careers, to have that help, to have that resource, that network in general. It's your net worth, right? So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what you kind of do with this and just to see, like, that growth, that push for that, you know, to kind of have this organization where you even went and applied for and received the Hachitos de Hatuwea Fund, which for those of you who don't know as a $25,000 cash prize for you to use to leave an impact on your community and you kind of had to like pitch yourself what you were going to do with that and obviously with kind of what you're building here but can you tell me like about that experience for like applying and then finding out you're a recipient like did you were you like yeah yeah we're gonna do this or did someone have to be like do it you know um, I hadn't heard about um, the Dejatuella contest. I was in LA actually when uh, one of my really close friends found it and sent it to me. And all she said was, uh, I think you'd be great for this uh, with everything you have going on with your community. Um, and so she's not part of CPL, but a big supporter. I love her. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, my God, yes, like, I should do it. And it was uh, Cheetos in partnership with Bad Bunny, so very on brand, you know. I was, And the, the application process was basically you needed to post a TikTok video um, talking about how you would use the $25,000 to make an impact in the Latinx community. So I was like, okay, that's simple enough because in a way I'm already doing it. I just want to scale that impact um but I was in LA and then I was like okay I I like noted down like the um, uh the deadline to do it but I went about my life and I was like okay whatever and when I got back to New York um like the next day I think I was like oh shit like I have to do that and I think there were like two three days before the deadline and I'm like, oh, my God, I almost forgot. <laughs> and so that day I was like, OK, let me do it so that, that I don't forget. And I basically just recorded myself um, talking about uh, one of our volunteer initiatives that we had been doing for a while at that point, uh, which was to go to this Mexican restaurant and teach English and computer skills to um, their staff workers, right? Um, more specifically, they're like back of house workers. Um, and so I talked about that and I said, you know, part of the money I would use, uh, to help them finance like laptops and, um, and then a big portion of that money would allow me to quit my current job. This is once I was already doing human resources, (laughs) um, and help me basically survive for a couple of months to fully focus on CPL and looking into turning it into a nonprofit organization, which requires a lot of time and a lot of calls. (laughs) 
Um, so that was that. And then I said $5,000 will be set aside um, for a scholarship that I have always dreamt of starting um, that will be specific to DACA recipients and undocumented students in the New York State. Um, so that was my video and I was basically just showing, it was like a green screen or whatever with like things that I've already been doing and like how I'm, I've been growing the community in New York and everything. Um, and I posted it and then I was like, okay, that's my submission. And, but since I was so busy, like I submitted and I was like, all right, like, you know, I, I'm like, I'll find out in a month. And I sort of forgot about it. And then in September, I received an email uh, from Cheetos. And it said, like, it came from an email address that said winners. But it was like, oh, you've been um, identified as, like, a, a finalist for the recipients and whatnot. We need this information from you. And so I was like, did I win or not? <laughs> So I like told, you know, my close friends and my siblings and I was like, I think I'm going to get it, but I'm, I can't confirm. And I remember I hadn't even been told that I was like one of the grant recipients. And I remember like going in the shower and listening to this song that for some reason, like makes me really like, uh, I don't know, like when I'm really happy or really uh, sad, I listen to the song and I played it and it was kind of like, oh my God, like everything that I, oh, um, to build a home. Yeah, by uh, the cinematic orchestra. <laughs> um, very like passionate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I, it was kind of like those shower thoughts where I was like, everything that I've been working for and like all the hardships that I've been through over these past few months to like keep this community alive are kind of paying off now. And I was like, if I win, like, oh my God, the way my life is going to change is insane. And it was just that realization. And I was like, tearing up in the shower <laughs> I was like oh my god um but yeah so then the next day I think I found out and I cried and of course I posted a video about it I share a lot <laughs> on social media um and that just basically so when I quit my job right without a backup plan that was like a huge shift mm -hmm. in my life and I feel like this was the next one um, where I was like, I don't really have a plan this time either, but I was like, I have to do this. Like, there's no question about it. Um, it's worked out so far. So I waited. <laughs> yeah, I waited until, you know, I was going to receive the money and everything, but then I gave my notice at my job and I was like, okay, we're going to make it happen. And uh, so far it's, it's, working out, you know, it's been a true labor of love, I would say, um, a lot of hard times or, um, stressful times, mm -hmm. but 
it's been totally worth it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And I love how you mm -hmm. explained the Dramatica moment. But I think especially when yeah. you're building something, you're just building and building and going. And it's just so hard when it's not like an instant gratification thing. So you have to like wait yeah. and wait. And you almost think like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not seeing mm -hmm. those results. So, I mean, your emotions, especially when it's something like this, it it makes the most it makes sense you know it's like almost like you just like you stop to feel the feelings <laughs> and realize like yeah. how much yeah. you've actually done <laughs> to this day I still have to do that whole stepping back um and I think it helps a lot to even with everything I have going on to still stay very connected with uh the whole community um and like newcomers and everything Because every time there's a volunteer event or a social gathering or, you know, from like my friend group that was created from CPL um, and like uh, we recently went, you know, on like a getaway trip for the weekend. And so during times like those, I always find myself still like stopping and just watching Um Because it's a constant reminder of like, okay, this is worth it. Mm -hmm. Like everything that I'm doing is for this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's amazing. I'm excited to see how this comes together. Uh, I will definitely ask you to drop all the links and stuff for the Corporate Pero Latinos group. But like as you're now kind of doing this full time, is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's complicated because obviously, you know... Um, that money wasn't going to last forever. So I'm doing like all these kinds of social media side gigs yeah. and stuff. But um, I have like different jobs, uh, but they all very much align to uh, my values and what I want to do and who I want to work with. So yeah, but with that, yeah. like what, like, do you guys have a team? Like what goals do I guess you have for corporate pero mm -hmm. Latinos? Yeah, I think... Our main focus is to preserve um, that authenticity um, that has been a part of CPL since the beginning. So I, we had like an anniversary event and I gave this whole speech, right, about how I had been a part of other organizations that were either social, professional, what have you. Um, but I always felt... Like, I would show up to these organization events uh, and still have to put up a wall in a way, you know? So it's like, oh, like, we're all Latinos, but this is still a professional organization. Like, we have to, you know, act accordingly. And um, so I think Corporate Pro Latinos is the kind of organization where you show up as, like, your full self, Right. It's like we're Latinos before we're anything else. So we join and we start bonding with people over like, where are you from? You're Mexican, I'm Mexican too. Or, you know, I work in finance, you work in tech, and then you start learning about each other's industries. And But it's it's like bonding over your upbringing and everything. And then at the end, you're like, oh, what do you do? Uh, rather than like, being in a different setting where you're like, oh, I work in tech. Oh, I'm in finance. Okay, you can't help me. Yeah. So, bye. <laughs> End of interaction. 
Um, and I think that's a big part of what uh, has nurtured this community. Uh, people become friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the true secret of networking, right? Like genuinely building connections. And then once you have those connections, you have a whole network that wants to help you and wants to see you succeed. Um, So that is the main, you know, um, I guess, purpose, our mission, if you want to, like, see the technical mission in writing, is to facilitate social and professional connections in our community while encouraging our members to give back to the community. Um, so yeah, there's very, it's very much like a balance of having a professional aspect to it, a social aspect to it. And with those two also doing things to give back to our community, whether it be, you know, by providing our time as a resource or donating or through the scholarship that we want to form. Awesome. Okay. And so before I get to our lightning round questions, what goals do you have for yourself, Sophia? Oh my, (laughs) that is a hard question. I, uh, it's, I think it's taken a long time for me to truly grow into my authentic self right? Um, I'm fully aware of my skills and abilities and of how I can use those to bring people together or to uh, impact uh, change or what have you. Um, So I think I very much enjoy that side of me. Uh, I guess you could call it the philanthropic or uh, community organizer or whatever. So I one of my big goals, obviously, is uh, to continue growing uh, CPL. Uh, I want there to be basically a national presence. Uh, that's very hard because I can be in many places at once, uh, but I think it's possible. And... I I wanted to retain that authenticity and I want us to do like good for our community. Um, On the other end, you know, I have this whole content creator um, side to me and a true love uh, for being an entertainer. So I don't have like a specific goal, um, but I do want to even though I have the whole nonprofit organization, you know, that I'm basically managing right now, uh, I also very much want to keep that other side and um, not have it be merged into one. Um, so, you know, whether that's like I end up coming out on TV or I end up um, continuing to work with social media or like my content creation um, or through the podcast, I I still want to do that, and I want to be able to monetize that enough, you know, to where it's also a source of income. Um, yeah, and I think it's just my main goal for myself is to, as, as I progress with both of those things, to always stay true to myself. Um, 
I have to be very careful because I'm such an extremist. Um, and so, for example, even with CPL, right, like it could get to the point where I'm like working on it so much that there's that fear that, oh, this will become, you know, just like those other jobs that I had where I was like burning out. And so being <laughs> very self-aware and very conscious of what makes me happy and and what is working out, what isn't, you know. So, yeah, I, that's a very Gemini answer. I'm all over the place. I can't. Um, but, it's, but it's also very interesting to hear that because if you had asked me this two years ago, I had my whole life planned out. Um, so I think I've become the type of person that's a lot more open to, like, okay, sure, I have a plan or, like, a loose sort of goal, um, but it can go in very, like in many different directions and I'm open to that. So, uh-huh. or I just feel like maybe you just had more experiences. Like it's crazy to be like, Hey, you're 18, 22, plan out your whole life, you know, like spend all this money. Yeah, definitely. Figure it out now. Like what? I haven't done anything, you know? <laughs> so maybe. Exactly. How am I supposed to know what I want to do for the rest of my life? Right? like there's something of like end of your 20s going into your 30s where you also you just stop caring as much um it is more yeah, about yeah. you um and having that self-awareness so that's awesome i love it mm-hmm. okay so now before we end we have a couple of fun lightning round questions so you can answer the first thing that comes to mind feel free to add embellished a lot of people will do so don't put too much pressure but the Mm -hmm. first question is what is your favorite me time activity it sucks that I don't do it a lot um but that has always been dancing uh whether I guess I do do it when I go out but um whether it's going out with friends dancing or taking a dance class in the city I used to take them a lot more often um and growing up I was always on dance teams and stuff it's always been a great way for me to like release like emotions or express myself um so yeah dancing we gotta see some more tiktok dances now (laughs) (laughs) now now I have to (laughs) okay next question what is the best piece of advice you have ever received oh good question (laughs) My my brother, um, it's not like a specific word of advice that he gives me, um, but I think he is someone who knows me so well that he's able to like always keep me very grounded. Um, so it's just throughout the years, like when I'm thinking of doing something or I'm second thinking, uh, like his advice is always like, you've done it before, you can do it again. Or, um, like, you will make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it's, it's even with dating, like, it just for anything, right? I'm, I've always been, like, a, a big overthinker. And so, I guess, in terms of an advice, like, the advice that I constantly get is to, like, just go for mm-hmm. it. Um, if you're like 
whatever, right? I used to do this a lot. Like you're waiting around for like a guy to text you and you're like, oh, I like really liked him and whatever. And he's like, okay, so text him and be like, I want to see you again. And if he's not into it, then at least you, you don't waste your time, you know, stuff like that. Um, or just with like quitting or like things that I want to do with CPO or something. And it's like, he's like, if you're overthinking it, then like you're not going to end up doing anything. He's like, just start. So I guess, okay, just do it or just start would be the best advice that I've gotten. It's simple, but honestly, yeah, once you do it, it's, it's yeah. harder than Hard to it's do. harder than it sounds. But is your brother Sagittarius? Mm-hmm. Seems very straightforward and blunt. He is a Pisces. Oh, interesting. Maybe Sagittarius. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Right. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. And so now, what is a piece of advice you would give anyone? Maybe like pursuing or kind of going into maybe a similar journey wanting to get out of it like what's a piece of advice you would give to someone like or even Sophia (laughs) yeah that's it's something that I constantly have to remind myself too um you are always allowed to change your mind Mm. it doesn't matter how much time you've put into it how much money how attached you are to a person place or thing um, the moment it starts to not feel right, you have every right to change your mind. Oh, that's such a Libra rising answer. <laughs> Just change it. Why? <laughs> Libra's always like, I can't make up my mind. But you know what? You're allowed to not have to make up your mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, well, I guess it's part of my rising. But I always, I always think that's like a very Gemini thing of me. You know, I'm like, one, one day I want something and then the other I'm like, mm. But I love it. You're allowed to. You just because you said it, it's like, oh my god, that pressure to have to do it. I love that answer. Though. I love it though. That's funny. Okay, so next question: yeah. What is the best resource that you feel has helped you along your journey? This can be a book, podcast, an app, workshop, etc. So my journey. You mean uh, like over the past couple of years, or like a specific journey? Yeah, I feel like now just to kind of get to maybe finally just pursuing a passion of yours just just starting (laughs) to do it yeah I think uh it's a mix of things uh I got uh very into reading um maybe like sometime in 2020 right uh and I read a lot of books that really were like thought-provoking and made me question so many things that I thought were like so rigid you know um Uh, So that has been one thing. Uh, I think reading really opens your eyes to a lot of things. Um, And also just in any sort of uh, venture that I take on, um, community. So this isn't just CPL, right? Uh, In my content creator journey, there's been uh, several creators that have made like a really big impact in my journey Um, whether that is through offering resources or like helping me out, you know, to navigate that world or just being a listening ear. Um, one of them that, you know, I will forever thank him is, uh, Jorge Alvarez. He like happened to notice that I was gaining a following and he was very quick to reach out and be like, Hey, I know it might feel like a lot, but if you have any questions or are like, worrying about something or whatever like you can always reach out blah 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 
Um, so yeah, I guess it's just depending on like what journey specifically I'm talking about. Um, community is the, the number one thing that has really helped me. Also, I feel like depending on what journey, I feel like that applies to a lot of things, you know, like whether mm -hmm. it is your journey into corporate, you know, whether it is your journey into this content, I feel like that applies to mm -hmm. a lot of things. So I like that, like not having to do it alone. I think. Asking yeah. And you said it earlier, um, but I a hundred percent agree with your network is your net worth. Um, you learn so much just by interacting with people and like listening to them. Mm -hmm. So, Love it, love it. And last question, where can listeners connect with you online? Drop all the handles, all the websites, all the activities that you do. I will link them on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so funny story. <laughs> I may be rebranding my personal um, social media, I guess. Um you know, I'll explain it in further detail on my social media, but for now, <laughs> that is um, Instagram and TikTok, at uh, Corporate Pero Latina, Instagram and LinkedIn, Corporate Pero Latinos. Um, I also host the Corporate Pero Latinos uh, podcast, which is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Nice. I will link that all below, and then I will stay tuned on the social medias in case we got to update them. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll send those updated ones to you <laughs> once that happens. Yeah. Brand happening there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. Excited. Make sure to follow now for all those handles so you can keep up with Sofia, Corporate Pero Latina, and then Corporate Pero Latinos and see, you know, where that journey goes, evolves. But honestly, it's a really great kind of community to even join. I have enjoyed, even though I'm not corporate baddie myself, but I love it. Relatable, funny, hilarious, and just great content to follow. So thank you so much, Sophia, for joining us on the Work Me How podcast. And for everyone listening, make sure to follow all of Sophia. Uh, handles as well as the Work Me Help podcast and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. Yes, you too. Visit workmeha.com. That's W-E-R-K-Meha.com to pick up your new favorite Chingona Fuel Cafecito mug or our Bet on Yourself Mija and No Pares Mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx-inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.